most of you, most of you would benefit from it. I, I know that's a blanket statement. I know that's painting with a broad brush. I know that's as close to one size fits all advice as I probably am comfortable giving around here. Episode 1187 of Dizrin's Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, ways to avoid overtraining. Hey, y'all. Real quick before we dive into today's episode, today's episode is once again brought to you by my friends over at Dry Seats. If you've got seats in your car that you want to protect from the funk, Dry Seats is the answer. Super easy to install on any type of just single, you know, captain's chair in the back of the minivan, uh, just the, you know, the, the normal seats, the driver's seat, passenger seat, things like that. Slips right over the, the headrest of your, of your seat little pocket right there. I mean, it's such a simple solution to keep the, the dry seat in place, keep it from, from dropping down, you know, wadding up behind your back and becoming uncomfortable and exposing the back of the car seat to, to your back funk from, you know, post run, post, post trail run. Maybe the kids are coming up home from, you know, soccer practice or something like that. And they're all, they're all mucked up. Uh, keep your car seats clean, keep them fresh. And the beauty of the dry seat is easy. It is to slip on. It's also just as easy to slip off, throw in the washing machine when it, when it starts to collect enough funk that you're like, God, yeah, there's, there's some funk still in the car, some residual funk. Just throw that dry seat in the washing machine, bada boom, bada bam, comes back out brand as close to brand spanking new as you're going to get right. Smelling clean, no more funk back on the car seat. Good to go. Keep protecting the car seats for, uh, far and wide. Um, for this season, next trail running track workouts, post, post, uh, practice dog, dog from the beach, you know, whatever it is. If it's, if it's a seat that collects funk, let's not kid ourselves. The seats collect funk. Um, dry seats has got you covered. So get yourself a dry seat. If you haven't gotten one already, maybe get yourself a few, maybe gift it to gift it to, uh, somebody in your family, a friend that they could use one. You got in their car before and you're like, God, this car, this car has got some funk on the seats. Dry seats will solve that problem. You'll, you'll have the, the best gift on offer this holiday season or for a birthday or just because. Go to dry-seats.com. Get yourself a dry seat. Get yourself a few. Um, and make sure you use the code DIZ20 at, at checkout. D-I-Z-2-0 at checkout. Saves you 20% on your order. Thanks to Dry Seats once again for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks to you all for supporting the sponsors of the podcast. Appreciate that. That certainly helps keep the lights on around here. And, and maybe I'm biased, but it's nice to support a small business here in the good old U.S. of A. So thanks to Dry Seats once again, dri-seats.com, Diz20 at checkout to save yourself 20%. So today, kind of expounding on last week's episode. If you missed last week's quick tip, go back and give it a listen. Talking about overtraining, and is overtraining even a, even a thing? Or is it more of a case of under-recovery, not recovering adequately, Maybe, and I think where we, where we, hopefully where we settled, because what I believe is it's, it's two sides of the same coin. You can call it overtraining. You can call it under recovery. Either way, it's not a good thing for us as runners as we're moving towards our goals. If we're not recovering adequately, if we're training more than our, our bodies are capable of handling right now, instead of getting, you know, at, at a certain point, again, when we get to that overtraining or that really poor, uh, poor recovery scenario, you know, we're not building strength. We're not building endurance. We're, we're breaking our bodies down. We're more likely to deal with injuries, certainly more likely to see a decrease in performance. So all of a sudden, you know, instead of the, the race times or the, the workout times getting a little bit faster, they're getting a little bit slower, uh, maybe significantly slower. And you're like, what the hell's going on? I'm working harder than I ever had before. Yeah. Maybe you're working a little bit too hard or again, and, or you're just not recovering adequately between your workouts. So let's, let's talk about how to maybe try to avoid this. And, and on the surface, I feel like it's pretty, it seems like it's pretty straightforward, 
right? Like, like whichever side of the coin you, you want to look at, whether it lands on, on heads for overtraining or tails for under recovery, you're like, well, just do the opposite, right? Like if, if it's an overtraining scenario, maybe don't run as much. If it's a under recovery scenario, maybe recover more. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? Like on the surface, it might really be that simple, but in, in practice, you know, it's not because as, as runners, like we're going to run, right? Like how many times have, have we heard stories of, of, you know, somebody that's, that's got a niggle, got an injury, maybe got some overtraining going on. They go to the doctor, they go to the PT and they're like, well, just don't run. You know, if it hurts, don't run. And we're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to run like that. That is a hundred percent what we're going to do. Um, so, so if you're dealing with some type of overtraining system or overtraining, uh, system, uh, symptoms, and I'm here going to try to tell you, don't run like that's ridiculous. We're going to keep running. And also, oh, by the way, you know, not for nothing, there is a time and a place to run more, right? Like you're, you're building up towards maybe a, you know, a, a goal race coming up, you know, and, you, and you've got to add some more volume. You're trying to, to, to produce that training effect that helps to build the endurance that helps you to, to reach your goals, exceed your goals, move past your goals, whatever. Maybe you're trying, you know, if you're not, if you're not getting challenged, you're not growing. So you're, you're trying to maybe increase the mileage a little bit from last year to this year to, to just continue um, to build that base and to build more fitness. So, you know, adding more to the mix, there's absolutely a time and a place for that. But again, when we get to overtraining scenario where you really are doing too much, you know, pulling back is a viable option, but maybe not the, the ideal scenario long-term. Uh, and again, from a, from a recovery standpoint, you know, just, just recover more. Well, what, what even does that mean? Like, how, how do you just recover more? You know, I, I, clearly we talk a lot or I talk a lot about foam rolling around here. I think foam rolling is a good recovery tool. I don't think it's a panacea by any stretch, but the, the point being, I talk a lot about it. Do I do a lot on the foam roller? No, <laughs> you know, like I wish I could say yes, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been quick to point out my hypocrisy on foam rolling around here. And I mean, the same is true with yoga and with, with, um, stretching and some of those types of things, using different other tools, maybe even just getting to bed on time, which, oh, by the way, that's probably the best recovery option out there, but we've got our devices and we've got our phones and we, you know, start scrolling and there's something on TV and, and this and that and the other. And like, oh, the plan was to go to bed early and oh shit, it's not early anymore. So, so yeah, run less, recover more. Sure. Sounds good. But let's, let's be a little bit more realistic about what, what really can we do to avoid overtraining, to avoid being in an under recovered state that again, quite frankly, leads to more problems than it solves. Well, near as I can tell, maybe the, the best option, if, if we have the ability to, to go with the best option is probably a little bit of both, like, because they kind of work well together. Like we said, they're the two sides of the same coin probably. So instead of just trying to completely focus all your efforts on avoiding overtraining slash under recovery with one side of the coin or the other, you know, Sometimes it's heads, sometimes it's tails. What can we do on both sides of the equation to, to bring it a little bit more into the balance point where, yeah, we're, we're pushing ourselves, we're working, we're, we're getting our miles in, but not so much. It doesn't overwhelm the system so much that we are unable to recover adequately, to, to repair our tissues, to help us get stronger and more resilient and ultimately improve the fitness, which is, which is the goal. So here are a few suggestions. There's probably a lot more, but in the, in the, uh, in an attempt to not make this an hour and a half long quick tip, I'm only going to go through four and kind of, it's, it's a little bit of two on each, each side of the equation. So from a, from an overtraining perspective, you might have an idea where I'm going with this one, because, uh, quite frankly, 
This is a drum I bang every opportunity I get, but slow down, right? Like, like run easy most of the time. And I'm not saying you have to go all in on heart rate training like I have. I would say odds are you'd benefit from it. Most of you, most of you would benefit from it. I, I know that's a blanket statement. I know that's painting with a broad brush. I know that's as close to one size fits all advice as I probably am comfortable giving around here, but the physiology is, is solid. And, uh, you know, the, the, the benefits of slowing down, running easy again, whether it's all in heart rate or just, just running more conversational, being, being a little bit less worried about beating your, your times on Strava and things like that with a freaking easy run, like on race day, go hard. Absolutely go hard. There's, there's, there's no reason that I'm going to try to give you to encourage you to not race hard because we're running easy most of the time. That's a, that's a training situation. On the occasional time when it's a good speed workout or something like that, hill repeats or tempo run or whatever, you're doing a proper workout, do a proper workout. Absolutely. Get after it. But most of the time, you know, probably something in the neighborhood of 80% of the time, you want to make your easy runs easy. Not only coming at this from all of the heart rate, all of the things I've talked about with heart rate training before in terms of how it improves your aerobic fitness, yada, yada, yada. But from an overtraining perspective, running easy most of the time doesn't beat your body up nearly as much. Is there still wear and tear? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially on, on a longer, easier run, you know, like there's going to be more just from the, the sheer volume, but all things equal, you know, if you're just doing six miles on a Tuesday or whatever, whatever, again, always scale up or down, whatever, whatever makes sense for you, but all things equal, you know, if you're running two minutes faster or two minutes slower, like the two minutes slower is going to be a little bit easier on your body. And guess what? you're still getting benefit, right? So, so you're getting the benefits physiologically, but also you're lessening the wear and tear on your body, which makes it easier to recover. So kind of coming at um, overtraining under recovery from both angles. You're, you're, you're less likely to beat yourself up from an overtraining perspective, and you're making the task of adequate recovery a little bit easier from a recovery perspective. So there's one, there's one just in and of itself that addresses both sides of the equation. Uh, when it comes to a little bit more recovery focused, sleep is king, period. We've talked about sleep before. I've continued to, to rattle on about sleep. I think it's I think it's maybe the most important thing we can do for our bodies, not just for our bodies as runners, but you know, holistically, brain health, heart health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, hormonal health. Like sleep is sleep is legit. Sleep is the king. And and in a perfect world, you know, that would be all we would need to do to meet all of our recovery needs is just sleep. But we don't live in that world. Like not only, like I said earlier, are we distracted by our phones and are we distracted by our devices and are we, do, are we doing those types of things that get in the way of a good night's sleep, but also like we're busy, right? And so they, they're, like we don't have the luxury that maybe like an elite pro athlete would have where they can sleep 10 hours a night and take a two hour nap every day, and they, which is legit, li- literally, legitimately as much as some athletes sleep you know, elites, pros, they're sleeping half of their days, which I mean is massive for them. Not realistic for probably for most of us. So what can we do to try to improve our sleep? You know, I, again, at a certain point, get more, that's, that's probably a pretty good place to start. And, and what is the magic number? And we've, you know, you've heard probably talk about eight hours of sleep a night. That's, that's enough for some. That's not enough for others. That's more than enough for some. You know, it kind of depends, but if you're getting five or six hours of sleep for the most part, most of the vast majority of people, like 99.9% of people, so probably not you, that's not enough. So, so if you can get more, get more, but if you can't get more, let's, let's, can we focus on quality? Can we improve the quality of our sleep? Uh, even if we can't improve the quantity, 
you know, getting, getting, uh, cutting out caffeine at a certain time of day, maybe by lunchtime or early afternoon so that it's out of your system before you go to bed, limiting alcohol after dinner, you know, like, like, yes, it might help you fall asleep, but Lord knows, uh, studies prove this and my aura ring for whatever that's worth kind of shows me it as well. When I have a drink before bed, my sleep quality is poor. I might fall asleep. I might have a good volume, but it's less deep sleep. Uh, it's less REM sleep. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, the, the moneymaker sleep right there. That's, that's the sleep we really want. So maybe doing some of those types of things, get off your phone before you go to bed, make sure you got black, you know, if you need blackout curtains or a noise machine or whatever it is, set your, your bedroom up for an ideal sleep environment so that your sleep quality is better. Maybe your sleep quantity goes up a little bit too. And that can really help to alleviate overtraining symptoms because you're getting more sleep. Obviously that balances out the under recovery side of the equation. What about cross training? That's a good one. And again, we're runners. We like to run. That's, that's what we tend to do most of. I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I've gotten like 20 minutes on the bike this year. Not quite literally accurate, but not a dramatic exaggeration either. So like, you know, do it. But, but what, what cross training can do is obviously it's, it's good for us to continue to build our aerobic fitness, to, to get a workout in, to get some of those, the mental health benefits. And again, the, the, physiological benefits, the hormonal benefits, like exercise movement is so good for us. But if we can sacrifice, and especially if you're running, you know, four, five, six times a week, maybe instead of adding an extra run, maybe you, you sub in some type of cross training activity, whether it's a swim, whether it's a bike, something that, that is a little bit less wear and tear on the same body parts. Yes. We're still going to be, you know, you're still doing exercise. So you're still causing some wear and tear to your body, but it's a different area. It's a different, it's a different stress. It's a different level of stress. It's a different type of stress. And that all just kind of helps make the recovery process a little bit easier because instead of digging the same hole even deeper that you're trying to, that your body's trying to refill in, you know, it gives that, it gives that hole a little break so it can get filled in and it maybe digs a slight hole somewhere else, but that's an easier one to fill in. Right. So, so getting some training benefits and again, beyond just the physical, but all of the other benefits that we get from being active and working out, you're still getting those things from cross training. Um, but it's less wear and tear on the typical wear and tear points that we have as running. So that's, that's a good way to help reduce the risk of overtraining and making sure that under recovery is not an issue. And last but not least on the list for today, but again, this list could keep going long and long. It's long and distinguished this list, but what you eat and what you drink matters. And look, this, this is maybe a topic for another day, getting into nutrient timing and all that to me. I don't want to say it's nonsense because there's, there is some truth to like, if you eat certain carbs and, and proteins and fats at a certain time after your workout, like it becomes more available more quickly to your body. But like, that's really more complicated than it needs to be for most of us. Like if you've got two workouts on the same day, sure. That makes sense. If you don't have, if you're doing a morning run today and a morning run tomorrow, whether you eat within 30 minutes after your run or whether you don't, doesn't really matter. Like you're going to be fine. Uh, and especially if you're not hammering all the time, maybe if it's a hard workout, maybe that's a little bit more important, but if it's an easy run, you know, whatever, again, that's a soapbox that I'll get on another time. I, I'm not trying to, to, to muddy the point there, but what we eat and drink matters in terms of, are we eating healthy food? And I'm not here to tell you what you should eat, shouldn't eat this products, that products, whatever, you know, work with what, what works for you ethically and morally and, and you know, any type of allergies or things like that. But like processed junk is processed junk, right? Processed junk that's vegan is processed junk. Processed junk that's not vegan is processed junk. And I, you know, have some of those treats once in a while, enjoy dessert once in a while, enjoy things that you enjoy, you know, life, enjoy your life, but recognize that if you're eating processed junk all the time, you're not giving your body 
as much of the vitamins and minerals and nutrients as it needs to do the repair work. So you're making it more difficult for your body to repair after any type of workout than it would be if you're given, you know, more of the, the lean, lean proteins, or I, I'm even down for fatty proteins, but like non-processed proteins, non-processed fruit, non-processed veg, non-processed grains, if whole grains are something that you eat, but like those types of things give your body what it needs. Right. And, and so, you know, again, if you want to, if you want to have a cinnamon roll, that's the size of a freaking platter and, uh, you know, some type of sugar bomb, mocha, choco, froco, loca, laka, laka, whatever drink that doesn't, I'm not. I might judge a little bit. I try not to judge in those situations, but don't just be like, oh, I'm just replenishing all these calories. Cause like, yeah, you are replenishing all these calories, but you're giving your body absolutely zero in terms of nutrients to do the repair work. So just, just keep that in mind, enjoy, indulge, whatever. But most of the time, and again, like it doesn't matter what time of day, if it's immediately after a run later, whatever on a, on a rest day, eat healthier food in general, for the most part. Because that's going to give your body what it needs to do the repair work. And also, oh, by the way, be hydrated. Make sure you're drinking enough. I, I know that during the summer months and as we're getting into kind of September with this episode, like we're starting to get towards fall in a lot of places. And there's there's a lot less banging the drum for stay hydrated and replace your electrolytes and all those types of things because it's not as hot in a lot of places. And I get that. But at the same time, you're still sweating when you're running. You're still, you still need to make sure you're, you're well hydrated. Our bodies still work better when they're well hydrated, whether it's 90 degrees or, you know, 35 for you that speak Celsius, whether it's wicked hot or whether it's, you know, 40 degrees or 10 degrees for you. Well, it's probably like seven degrees for y'all that speak Celsius, but whether it's, whether it's hot or cold point being, we work better when we're hydrated. So, and that, and that's, again, that's the same when we're running, but also the same when we're, when our bodies are doing that recovery process, when our bodies are repairing cellular damage, being hydrated, super helpful. So eat well, drink well, um, indulge yourself once in a while, of course. But for the most part, and especially from a recovery standpoint, avoiding under recovery, you got to make sure that healthy food and plenty of water are on the menu most of the time. So there you go. Four suggestions, four ways to kind of help avoid overtraining under recovery, run easy most of the time, sleep is king. So anything you can do to get more sleep or better sleep is a good idea. Uh, Cross training is a good way to avoid some some of the similar or the the repeated wear and tear and food and drink matters. And and ultimately y'all, as we're wrapping up today, it is an ebb and flow. You're not, it's not, it's not perfectly smooth. Um, and like we mentioned last week, or at least I mentioned in, in last week's quick tip, um, there's a time and a place where you do want to push yourself beyond the, the pale a little bit to where, you know, it might take a couple of days to recover. That's not an overtraining issue. That's not a problem provided that we're not doing that every day. Right. Cause then you start to dig a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. And that's where again, injuries are more likely to happen. Decreased performance is more likely to happen. And neither of those are what we're going for. Right. So ride the waves. It's a little bit up and down. Do you know exactly when you tip into overtraining under recovery territory? No, but if your legs have been really heavy for a couple weeks, if you feel like you've just been exhausted for several days on end, you know, struggling to get out of bed in the morning, regardless of whether or not you're going for a run, but just struggling to get out of bed. Falling asleep, you know, at dinner, just tired all the time. Maybe feeling a little bit niggly. Some of the the little little aches and pains are cropping up and, and you know, it's, 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 there's nothing else that you can point to. Those can all be signs that maybe, maybe you're starting to, to overextend a little bit. Maybe you're starting to get into that overtraining under recovery phase a little bit. And not just like you just dipped your toe in there. Maybe you're, you're up, you know, chest deep. And, uh, you know, the best time to get out of it is, is right now. And that's where you want to maybe pull back a little bit on your training, 
maybe go a little bit harder on the recovery, ideally a little bit of both, um, and, and you know, stop it before it gets out of hand. So there you go. Some ways to avoid overtraining and or under recovery. What do you think? What works best for you? What, what did you like? What did you learn? Any thoughts, any feedback on today's episode? Of course, I'm always uh, a fan of hearing from y'all. So at Diz Runs on Twitter or X or whatever Elon's website is called these days, at Diz Runs on, on uh, Instagram or threads or whatever else Zuckerberg rolls out these days. Um, you can also find me on the Facebooks. I've been, I've been trying to post more on my personal Facebook page. So if we're not friends there yet, feel free to, uh, give me a follow. If you don't want me to see your stuff or give me a, you know, let's be friends. We can be buddies. We can be friends on the Facebook. Um, I used to try to not do that. I tried to make Facebook was just for yeah, Facebook's garbage. So I'll, I'll be friends with you on Facebook. That, that's at least one little saving grace. We can be friends on Facebook. So if you, if you want to be friends, let's be friends and you can see more of the stuff I'm posting there as well. Uh, but also you obviously you can slide to the DMS there. Uh, you can shoot me an email, thisruns at gmail.com if you're so inclined, or head over to the show notes for today's episode. Once again, the link there is disruns.com slash 1187, disruns.com slash 1187. We've got some photos. We've got, not, we don't have any photos. <laughs> let's, let's not kid ourselves. We've got some memes because it's a quick tip. We've got memes. We've got GIFs. Uh, we've got nonsense. We've got links. We've got that comment section down at the bottom. Feel free to type your comments and takeaways there. Uh, we also have a, a, a link right there in the show notes for today's episode to dry, uh, to dry seats. Today's sponsor. There's also a link in your, or in the description of today's episode. So if you're out on the go, you got your podcast app open. There's a link right there. You can click over to dry seats, but if you want to type it in the old fashioned way into the browser window, it's dry dash seats.com. That's seats with a plural seats with a plural. That's one way of saying it. It's seats with an S because seats is plural. Dry, D-R-I dash S-E-A-T-S dot com uh, is the website. Get your get your car seats protected from funk, whether it's your funk or other people's funk. Uh, dry dash seats dot com. Diz 20 at checkout. We'll save you 20% on your order. Thanks to Dry Seats for sponsoring today's episode. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Hope this was helpful. Hope that overtraining or under recovery or whatever you want to call it is not Anything that you have to deal with anytime now, anytime into the future, because it sucks. Uh, but if you're struggling with it a little bit, hopefully this was helpful. If you know somebody else who's struggling, maybe hit that share button, spread the word. Always appreciate when you do that. And in this case, hopefully, hopefully not necessary, but potentially very helpful to a friend to be like, hey, give this a listen. Maybe it'll help you. Anyway, till next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you. <laughs>